Welcome to Not Your Average Mother Runner Podcast. My name is Lisa, and this is not just a podcast about running. This is a podcast to empower women through fitness and health and everything in between. Because let's be honest, ladies, this journey could suck if we don't get our shit together. Okay, welcome back to Not Your Average Mother Runner Podcast. I am your host, Lisa. Today is another episode as part of the Independent Woman Experience Series, where I bring in women to tell their stories on how they've overcome challenges to become the independent woman they are today, as well as bringing on women as guests to provide guidance and education for other women going through their own independent journey. Today, I have a special guest with me. Her name is Tabitha Castro, and she is the managing attorney and president of the Castro Firm Incorporated, which is a minority and woman-owned law firm. So she's basically her own boss, which is pretty amazing. Um, I brought her here today to talk about how she became an entrepreneur, as well as helping women looking to be an entrepreneur. And since she also works with divorce cases, I wanted her to also provide information to other women, maybe looking into, unfortunately, divorce proceedings, because it, it does, it may happen, and how to be prepared. So, Tabitha, welcome. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm excited. I know. I'm excited too. And I want to share with everybody, and I asked you prior to us going on here if it was okay to say that, hey, we know each other. Um, Tabitha and I are sorority sisters. I've known her since I was in college. I mean, we've known each other before we had kids and when life became complicated. And I also reached out to Tabitha when I was going through my own divorce uh, cause no one teaches you like you don't go to school and this is part of the, the education of, okay, if this happens to you, this is what you need to do and what you need to know to be prepared. No one talks about it, unfortunately. Right. So Tabitha was actually one of the, I almost want to say the first person I ever spoke to about what to do. Um, and she gave a lot of valuable information. So that's the other wow. reason why I brought her here. Uh, so let's talk about your background story. How did you decide to go into law school? Because I, when we were, uh, when we were in college, I don't remember you going into law school. So how did this all happen? <laughs> um, <laughs> absolutely. You know, it goes way back, right? So I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, and you know, we, we're what my mother called the working poor, right? We had an amazing apartment in Brooklyn. I thought we were pretty well, but, you know, as a young child, you don't realize um, how other people's life circumstances are. I mean, I grew up happy, so I thought we were fine. And there was this one show called LA Law, and now I'm dating myself, right? So I used to watch LA Law, and I would see these women with their shoulder pads on their suits, <laughs> and I would like stare at the television. And I told my mother one day when I was eight years old, and she tells everyone the story. She said, I told her, I said, mom, I'm going to be a lawyer one day. 
And she looks at me and she like taps me on the head. Okay, Tabitha, sure. You know, meanwhile, my family knew no lawyers. They barely spoke English, right? (laughs) Um, And so she's like, okay. And, And I just felt that since I was eight years old, that's the goal that I was focused on. And so every time, you know, when I was in school, legal studies was my major. When I was in college, same thing. I went to graduate school. Then I said, you know what, this is the time I'm going to go to law school. It was very, very challenging. Um, I ended up going to graduate school to get my master's degree. And in my third semester of graduate school, I became pregnant with my son. Um, Yeah, I was 24 years old. And I, I have my bachelor's, I had two bachelor's degrees. And so my mother tells me, you don't have to go to law school. You have your master's degree already. Do something with your master's degree. And I had had my son and every time, and I hope she doesn't hear this, but every time she told me, you, you can't, you know, not that you can't do anything, but you shouldn't do that. You know, think about your son now. It motivated me even more. Mm. So long story short, after graduate school, my son was one year old when I entered law school. Um, in my second year of law school, law school's three years. In my second year, I became a single mom. Wow. Um, and so when my son was four, I graduated law school and he walked across that stage with uh. me. Uh, because it's like he and I went to law school together. Mm. It was very, very difficult as a single mom going Mm. to law school. I worked two jobs. I worked in the law library so that he can come with me and I would sneak him in uh, to one of the rooms and he would watch the little cassette tapes of Barney and Scooby-Doo while I studied and worked. It was was a struggle, Mm. Um, but I said, this is what I wanted to do. And it was one foot in front of the other the entire way. And, and it was kind of proving it to myself and to my family that I could do it. Um, and then in 2002, I graduated law school and became the first lawyer in my family. Wow. Um, and that's how I became a lawyer. I kind of worked, I worked for other law firms. Um, I got a lot of good experience. I know a lot of judges and lawyers, obviously. And then in 2006, I said, you know what, I'm going to try this on my own. So I I gave myself two years. I said, I'm going to start my own law firm by myself. Uh, And I started out of my house for six months. And we got so busy after six months, I finally found a brick and mortar building. Um, And that was in 2006. I had just had my daughter. She was four months. She was four months old when I started my own law firm. So yeah, it's challenging. But guess what? I tell everyone, if I can do it, a poor girl from Brooklyn, right? Uh, um, with challenges in front of us. You know, we talk about this all the time. We kind of have several strikes against us, right? Mm-hmm. We're women, uh, we're minority, mm-hmm. right? Uh, some of our families don't necessarily speak English fully. Right. Um, and so it, it becomes a challenge, um, but you got to do it. Yeah. Wow. I did not know the details of all that. That is that's very empowering and very inspiring. And yeah, to do, to be able to go to school and have a child at home, I can't imagine how difficult it is, but you managed and you did it. Now, when you were thinking of going into opening your own business, like what was it that you thought that you needed to do? What, what, I mean, you said you were working in different law firms, but why did you think, you know what, I'm going to open up my place? What was it? So I had to do some soul searching. I was a new attorney. I was only an attorney for four years. 
who does that? Who starts their yeah. own business? Only at, usually people have about maybe five, 10 years of experience. And then they're like, okay, let me go open my own law firm. Um, I was tired of working long hours um, and working to make other people rich, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so I said, if I could work this hard for someone else, imagine Mm-hmm. imagine how hard I'm going to work for, for myself. Right? right. And, and there were things at the other law firms that i realized could have been done differently, but it wasn't my law firm. So there were things that I implemented in my law firm. Um, I had senior attorneys that didn't treat me very nice. Right. Mm-hmm. And would tell me get thick skin, right. And help me develop thick skin over the years. Mm -hmm. And so I knew the type of employer I wanted to be. And I knew how I didn't want to treat the associates that worked for me. So it was all a learning, a learning experience. Wow. Okay. So it was more like, you know what, I want to do my own thing because nothing, it's not satisfying me working for somebody else. And that totally makes sense. I think that's the reason why all of us go into being an entrepreneur. Right. Um, what were some of the challenges you faced as a woman, as a Latina, when you first started out? So this was back in 2006 when we started the firm. And I would say one of my challenges off the bat were finances, right? You need money mm-hmm. to start a business. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know much. It's, it's so funny that if I knew everything that I know now back then, forget about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, there, there are other attorneys who reach out to me and want my advice on starting their own law firms. And all I say is this, take me out to lunch, buy me a cup of coffee. I will tell you everything you need to know to start your own law firm. Because mm-hmm. I don't see other people as competition because we can work together, right? Mm-hmm. I always say that there's enough work to go around. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm all about karma. And so if I give, 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 I feel that it's going to come back to me. And I can... I can happily say that I've helped maybe about six or seven law firms get started. Wow. And they'll call me and they'll say, well, what do I do with this insurance, right? Uh, what, what about marketing? And is this a good idea? And I'm like, this is what I did. So if I can teach anybody about owning their own business, um, especially a law firm, um, based upon the mistakes that I've made, mm-hmm. I, I'm happy to do it. Um, and, and that's basically what we do. And that's part of the reason why one of my practice areas is small business. Mm-hmm. So I help small businesses get started, right? Mm-hmm. I teach a class called Being Legal in Business, where I help entrepreneurs um, basically take the first steps in um, owning their own business. Um, my students are basically people who have just an idea in their head to people who have been in business for 10 years and they mm-hmm. want their business to grow, right? right. Um, and all the different contracts and this and that that you're going to need to go forward to essentially, there's a lot of, look, there's a lot of businesses out there um, that are doing it off the books and think, look, I get it. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's called hustle. Mm-hmm. And we know we know about hustle. Right. Lisa? right. So yeah. I, I don't knock anybody's hustle. But all I tell them is, let me see what you have going on, because maybe we could do it a little bit differently. That way you're protected. It's all about protecting you. Right. Okay? Right. So you're just mentioning this this class being legal in business and you're located where for those so, of you who want to do something like this. 
Sure. So we have a regional law firm in Delaware, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. And the Being Legal in Business course is taught through the Women's Business Center in Wilmington, Delaware. Um, so every couple of months, um, now we, lately we've been doing it through Zoom, but I would either invite students to my office and we'll do it in my conference room or we'll do it at a local library. And look, they pay a minimum fee to Women's Business Center and I just try to give them as much information as possible. And what I also offer them is if you take my class, I will also give you a free consultation. And a consultation mm -hmm. is about $250, right? Mm -hmm. So I tell them, buy me a cup of coffee. I love coffee. <laughs> if you want to pick my brain, invite me to Starbucks. We'll be good oh, or anywhere. Um, and so that's really what they do. And I, I find it rewarding. It takes right. a lot of time, but I find it rewarding because I will say that people leave those meetings and the classes with like, wow, I learned a lot of information. I feel more empowered mm -hmm. to go forward with my business. Mm -hmm. I find that with businesses specifically that it is fear, mm -hmm. fear that stops people from, from taking that first step. Um, and specifically, I had a, a telephone call from a cousin of mine. You know how we have cousins, but we, we don't really talk to them. So it's like, second or third or fourth cousin, right? Right, right. right. Um, but being the only lawyer in the family, they call you for stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm all, I always make myself available. And my one co cousin is in Florida. And she is a hairstylist. She works at a blow bar, right, in Tampa. Mm -hmm. And she's like, Tabitha, I'm looking to leave, but I have this non-compete clause with my boss. How do I get out of it? How do I start my own? And I'm like, oh, this is right up my alley. So we ended up talking for such a long time. I said, send me the non-compete. We'll, we'll get this together. Don't worry. And she's 23. She's young, right? right. And so that, that's what it's all about. Like, you don't know. People who want to start their own business just don't know really how to get started. Right. Um, so I try to be a resource for them. Right. And then you actually, because you're Latina and you speak Spanish as well. Now, do you often have entrepreneurs who only speak Spanish? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm really happy and, and blessed to say that my entire firm, the attorneys that work for me are, are women, my support staff, paralegals, legal assistants, um, admin, they're all women. And so we kind of market that, right? We're all mm -hmm. female firm. Mm -hmm. And I would say 75% of my firm also speaks Spanish. Um, we also speak Haitian Creole at the firm. So wow. we, yeah, we always market that we speak English, Spanish, and Haitian Creole. So my paralegal is from Haiti and we have a huge Haitian population. So absolutely. These people start businesses, right? Yeah. And they're not understanding the contracts and they're not mm -hmm. understanding how to get started. So imagine the fear they have with just going off on their own and then to not really know the language, it makes it more difficult. Wow. Wow. That is amazing. So like if... Do you only do do you only deal with clients that are like local like in your offices New Jersey, Delaware and Pennsylvania or do you do things where across the nation like could someone contact you that lives in California if they listen to this could they contact you for advice 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Here's why um, specifically. And then I'll talk a little bit about Florida because we're planning to expand down there as well. Um, Several of the attorneys that work for me are licensed in Florida. I plan eventually to take the Florida bar. So we want to open something up down there. But specific to Delaware, Delaware, I don't know if a lot of people know, but it's the corporate capital of the world. Mm -hmm. So most of the of the world, not even of the nation. Right. So most of the Fortune 500 companies are registered in the state of Delaware and they do it because of the great um, tax implications that Delaware has. So I represent companies in my Delaware office from all over the United States. They, they call me to get registered specifically in Delaware. We take care of all of their paperwork and then we're basically their local counsel in Delaware and they could do business wherever they want. Um, But we're kind of like their headquarters in Delaware. Okay, good. That's good to know. So if they had somebody, if there was somebody who wanted to speak to you, especially someone who doesn't speak English, um, they can reach out to you uh, to Absolutely. get assistance. That is, that's really great. Now, where in Florida? So I was thinking, well, my family's in the Tampa area. So I think I'm going, that is the area that we're going to go ahead and expand to, I would say within the next two years. Okay. Um, All right. I, I'm proud. I, I also wanted to add that being the first attorney in a family is really important. You think that with your work ethic and, and you know, you owning a business that you try to empower and encourage your family. So last week on May 3rd, my nephew, who's my sister's son, graduated from Florida State University Law School. So he will be the second attorney in my family. So I'm very, very proud of him. He's currently right now, I'll check on him later, but he should be studying for the Florida bar right now. Uh, That's (laughs) the admit. So I try to stay on top of him. But um, yeah, that's the area that I kind of want to expand to. I do have family in Southern Florida as well. So we'll see what happens. Okay, that's crazy. That's great. I, that is really great. So you're definitely inspiring people in your family. Um, with that being said, going back to, and I'm asking this because I've often asked this to other entrepreneur women, um, as far far as the challenges that that you encounter as a entrepreneur, or maybe maybe not even you, but maybe other women that you have assisted, what are the things that they often, and maybe it's more of a mentality thing, what is the obstacle that they sometimes seem to face or the challenge that they seem to face being a, having a woman-owned business? That's a really good question. I think that as women, this is so unfortunate, Lisa, because I think as women, we're still, um, supposed to take care of the children, wash clothes, Mm -hmm. put food on the table, make sure the home is clean, essentially take care of everything and everyone, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that a lot of women say, how can I run my own business and then run my home at the same time? Mm-hmm. You know, look, at the end of the day, we're super women, right? You can, mm-hmm. you can do it. It, again, comes down to that fear, right? So I think it's fear, getting out of your own way. I think mm-hmm. women, women who want to do it, I always tell them, do it. What do you have to lose? If, God forbid, your business doesn't work out, you go find a job, right? Mm-hmm. So it's fear. It's taking that first step, um, which I think is challenging for a lot of people because people want stability, right? Right. Um, They want to feel safe and starting your own business is a whole bunch of unknown. Right. How am I going to pay uh, for my rent? 
when, once you start getting staff, how am I going to pay for my staff? I will say that every day I think about my staff first, right? Mm -hmm. Making, because not only am I paying my staff, I'm paying them to take care of their families. Right. So I'm taking care of a bunch of families and I want to make sure I work really hard um, to succeed. Right. Another, another thing when I started the firm, um, and I talked about this in my being legal in business class, is I tried to take like small business loans out just to have some money. Um, and when you're a new business, it's very hard. Mm -hmm. Banks don't want to lend you money because they don't want to take that risk, right? Um, small business, there is a small business association, which is federal. And then every state has their own local SBA office mm -hmm. and they offer a lot of great resources as well. Some, some places offer, they're called, they're called micro loans. So it's like between five to a hundred thousand dollars. Um, but it's difficult. It's very difficult. When I first started, I applied to three loan for, to three banks for loans and they all three denied me. Wow. The funny part is years later, all three of them are sending me mail saying, please open a line of credit with us. <laughs> no, boo -boo, I don't need your line of credit now. Thank Late. you very much. I'm good. I'm good now. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> well, it almost, my business. right. But it almost sounds like when I asked you that question, it almost sounds like women, people, their own challenge is it's, it's literally what they're putting in front of them. They're, uh, they're in their mind, their mindset of that fear. Um, and it's really overcoming that to then own that business. Am I, am I correct? 100%. On that? Okay. 100%. I try to tell the women that I counsel never say I can't, mm -hmm. I can't do this. I change it around a little and I say, how can I? Right. Right. Don't say I can, I can do everything. I can do everything. Okay. Right. We can't do everything. Right. right, right. Um, but just say, how can I do it? How can I accomplish this? But never, ever say I can't because you right. can, you don't know if you can't unless you first try. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And you also touched upon being a superwoman. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I hear you on that. Um, but as far as, and I, I just asked this to another guest, and I, I'm pretty hesitant to use the word balance because I don't know if it's a balancing act, mm -hmm. but how do you work through having your own business? And this is something that you can share with other women. How do you balance your own business, your own self-health, your own journey, and then your family? Because I think that's one of the fear that women have is that I'm the one who takes care of the kids. I'm the one, or I'm a single mom and they're fearing that I can't do this other thing. So how did you do it? Or how would you, how did you do it? Yeah. How am I still doing it? Right? How are you because still doing it? Yeah. Listen, it's there. I don't think there's, a, I think everybody has their own individual relationship to that answer. Right. Mm -hmm. I, you know, again, we talk about work-life balance. How do you, how do you do that? As an entrepreneur, um, th this is, this is my day. I, I have a lot of mom guilt, like a lot of people do because I work, I work a lot, right? I work some long hours. Um, I'm involved in a lot of organizations. I'm on executive boards of organizations. I go to networking events a couple times a week. Right. And so my daughter's 13 years old now, my son is 21. And what I've had to do was kind of have the conversation with them when they were younger mm -hmm. and say, if you want, 
this good life that you have, right? Let's always be grateful, grateful, grateful. Let's be grateful that mom has, right, the resources and mom works so hard to be able to provide that for you. So what I do is, and now my son is 21 and he's great. And I sit down and I'll have conversations with him. Do you remember when you were young and mom works, you know, worked so hard? And he was like, no. You know, he remembers the hugs, right? He remembers the bedtime stories. He remembers mom being at his basketball games. That's what he remembers. And so I think we have to pick and choose and make sure we know what's important. So for example, my daughter plays softball and she's a catcher and I'm very involved in her softball. So she knows that that's what I'm focused on. But at the same time, she has amazing coaches who are able to pick her up at four Mm o'clock during the day and take her and then I'll meet them there, right? So it's about time management, right? We use that word a lot. My calendar, um, which is on my phone, is what I live what I live by. Right. Um, if it's not on the calendar, it's not happening. Right. And so I think I think time management is really important. Putting it on the calendar. I put workouts. I know you're really big into health and fitness, and I follow you, and I think you're amazing. Um, but I think that we have to also prioritize that as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I put, you know, my kickboxing class on my calendar so that my staff knows don't contact me during this time because I'm in kickboxing and I'm now training them to know she's going to be away for that time. Don't schedule anything for her during that time. So the work-life balance, I think, has to do with a lot of time management, a lot of us making the effort mm-hmm. sometimes to put ourselves first so that we can be okay, so that we can be healthy, not only physically, but mentally healthy, Mm -hmm. right? So we can be there for the important things, right? And I think that I've done a a good job only because I'm constantly questioning my children. Am I a good mom? (laughs) And they're like, mom, that's fine. You're good. I I worry about it too much. They're fine. It's us. As women, as mothers, we're the ones that worry about it. Um, And I think we should give ourselves more credit than we do. Yeah. You know... (laughs) You're speaking and you're like, yeah, I'm like, yep. Yeah. That's, that's every, like, do you want this life? Do you want to be going to acting camp? Do you want, do you want all of that? Um, Because if you don't want it, we don't, mommy doesn't need to do this, but yeah, you're absolutely right. And it sounds like the common theme is to do you, to do you have that time, but you're going to have to plan it out, carve it out of your schedule to do you and then have everything time management written down that this is a time where I spend time with my kids. This is a time that I'm going to be doing that. And it's possible when you do that. So that makes total sense. And I'm glad you said that. And yes, you need to take care of yourself, not just physically, but mentally as well. It's so important. Um, With that being said, uh, for the women who are looking to own their own business, just the basics. What are things that a woman need to prepare? What do they need to do to prepare to even, you know, what are the first couple of steps that you tell your, or tell your students or ask your students that they should have ready before, you know, diving deep? Yes, absolutely. So I always tell people, put your ideas in writing, right? So people have all these ideas. I want to do this. I want to start this. I want to start it at at this time. You know, I'm going to get all these customers, but all the ideas are here, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, go to the dollar store, get a notebook, right? Start Mm -hmm. writing things down. 
again, I'm dating myself, write it in your computer, <laughs> write it on your phone, right? I like writing things down still. Um, put it on your phone, but put it down in writing. Once you have all your ideas in writing, then you have to start a business plan. You right. can look online and there are so many sample business plans out there. Um, you need a mission statement, right? Why do you want to start a business? What is going to be the purpose of your business? Who are going to be your customers? Not only that, who are going to be your ideal customers? Mm -hmm. Because you could have a bunch of customers, but if they are not ideal for your type of business, then they're going to give you more problems. Right. Um, and, and so who are your competitors? Where do you want to open your business? Do what I call market research, right? Mm -hmm. My stepdaughter opened her own business, um, and it's called Sweet Venom Beauty Studio. She does eyebrows. So mm -hmm. she's a licensed esthetician. And ironically enough, she started it in March, right before COVID. And she really could not get it off the ground yet because of everything that's going on. But what she and I did do is that we had meetings, right? Mm -hmm. Either over the phone, video meetings, or live meetings. And I said, okay, let me see your thoughts. Let me see your business plan. What is your mission statement? So we did all of that. So now once she's able to be up and running, she has her own suite. Um, once the restrictions are lifted, she's going to be successful in starting her own business. But it went from all of the thoughts that were in her head, she put them in writing, mm -hmm. and then we created a business plan for her. From that business plan, you can apply for small business loans. They're always going to ask you for a business plan. Um, they say that people who have their own business every year should reevaluate their business plan, right? Should say what worked for me this year, what didn't work for me. Um, I tell all my clients who are business owners, you have to have a meeting uh, with your business partners or guess what? With yourself. Mm -hmm. Every December, say, let's evaluate. Where was the money coming in? Where should I put my marketing dollars? They say that 20% of the money that you earn in your business should go towards marketing. Do people do that? Are people afraid to spend that much money? Right. You have to spend money to make money. Right. Okay. Right. So all those are important things that people, women especially, should consider uh, when they want to start their own business. So when you say business plan, like, Someone, someone might not even know what the heck that is. Like, what is that? Sure. So a business plan, and again, you can literally Google business plan and a bunch of them will come up. Um, I would recommend going to the Small Business Association website. They have sample business plans there. I call the business plan the Bible to your business, the Bible to your okay. company, right? Mm -hmm. When in doubt, refer back to your business plan. Mm -hmm. um, the business plan talks about the mission. What is your mission? So let's use my stepdaughter, for example. She's a licensed aesthetician. She wants to do brows, right? So I talked to her about, well, how about you should do lashes as well? And maybe, you know, facials. And she's like, nope, I just want to do brows. So that's what she's putting in her business plan. She wants to specialize in that. She has a huge social media following. And so she wants to just focus and be the best brow artist out there. Mm -hmm. She doesn't want to dabble in this and that. So that's part of her business plan. And then I made her research all the other brow artists in town, right? How far away is their business from where you're located, right? And mm -hmm. is that going to be competition for you? Right. How much, and then there's a whole separate plan, um, 
part of your business plan that talks about your finances, right? right. What do you think you're going to need to get started? Are you going to start from home? When do you think you'll be able to have an actual brick and mortar building? Brick and mortar meaning you go into the office every day, you go into your business every day, or can you work from home? We're all working from home now practically, right? Right, right. Um, So so there's ways to be able to transition that. Um, And then that business plan is basically saying, if you charge a certain amount of money for browse, let's say, and you have... 25 customers a week, how much are you going to make? Right. Right. And then you say every month, what are my expected earnings? Right. So you can anticipate, you could estimate how much you think your business is going to make. And then you look at your expenses, right? What are my expenses going to be for the month? Mm -hmm. And what are my anticipated earnings for that month? And then you could come up with figures to see whether or not your business is going to make money or not. Right. Um, They say that, when you first start a business that in the first two years, you don't really make that much money, right? Yeah. But you, but you can't be discouraged. You have to keep going. Um, I, again, I started my firm in 2006 and, and there's no going back for me. I gave myself two years. I said, if in two years, I'm not happy. I'm not making money. I could go find a job at another law firm and, and work at work at a law firm. Um, but luckily you know, almost 14 years later, we're still at it and and we're growing and we've gone into different states and we've become a regional law firm. So I think it's you, you get out of your business, what you put into it. Absolutely. And I almost am thinking that the whole business plan is something that is critical to put together prior to you, prior to almost, and, and disagree with me or agree with me, and if prior to going into the legal ramifications of things, because it's kind of like, what is this? What's the mission? What's my why? You know, what am I budgeting? Am I going to have employees? You know, it's kind of like putting, like you said, putting all those ideas into a format so that this is what my business is going to look like before delving into uh, the legalities of things. Is that, am I right on that? You, you're right on the money with that one, because um, you have to put your ideas in writing. You have to be scattered, you know, you can't be scatterbrained um, and say, okay, I want to, oh, I want to start an LLC. Well, do you have this? Do you have this? And then they yeah. don't have anything, right? right. Um, do you have a business license? So that you're absolutely right. Do that first, right? Get right. a business plan, get a solid business plan, something that you feel confident with. Um, again, go to the SBA, the Small Business Administration. They have counselors that will review your business plan for free. Then once that's up solid, once you have a solid business plan, then you go to the next step mm-hmm. and you determine what type of business structure do I want, right? Do I want to be a sole proprietor or do I want to be a LLC, a limited liability company, or do I want to be an S or a C corp? corporation, right? Mm-hmm. So that's when that's absolutely steps to this. And that's part of the process. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that is great. And I feel like uh, this is not going to be the last time I speak to you. Because, <laughs> no, because this is a lot of information. This is a lot of great information. And I know there's a lot of women who want to get into doing their own business, but no one knows where to begin. And I know that there's a lot of free information out there. Uh, but it's like, where do I look? What do I look at? And just, you know, what you're stating right now is one of the first steps, but I know that there's many other steps. And, you know, I think I would love for you to come back and just speak with the basics of the other steps because there's so much 
having my own business, there's so many legal ramifications that you don't even realize. And you're like, oh my God. And you really need somebody to say, did you do this? Did you do that? Mm -hmm. Um, So it is uh, valuable information. So it was cute cute when we were talking about the show. um, Lisa had me sign a release and she's like, don't worry. I had a lawyer review it. You know, (laughs) I was like, that's right. Good job. And it was a very good release. And then I had no problem signing. I was worried. I was like, (laughs) oh, shoot. (laughs) Um, Okay. So let's switch gears here because I know we spoke a lot about being an entrepreneur. um, But one of the cases or case files or, uh, that you seem to also work with, not just being, not just with women entrepreneur, but, or entrepreneurs in general, um, is divorce. And that was one of the reasons, I mean, that's why I spoke to you when I first was going through my situation and just giving those a quick, I know divorce is so convoluted and can be complicated, but if any woman is looking into that, I mean, that's another area that no one talks about and no one tells you, well, this is what you need to do. What are the most basic, important information to know or to, or to have before going into this? I think I want to do this. <laughs> no. I, yeah. You know, it's, it's a sorrowful topic for me only because you know, when I sit back and think about it, like I make money off of people's misery, right? Mm -hmm. Off of people's divorce. But then at the same time, once we get through the divorce process, all of my clients, men and women, they're like, can I hug you before all of this? Of course, I'm hugging all my clients because my job is to guide them through it to release as much stress as I can as possible from them, right? Um, So the unfortunate part is that we're getting very busy now, even during this period of quarantine time, because now, unfortunately, spouses are forced to be in the same area for longer than, than normal. And I think a lot of people, especially those people who were kind of on the crusp of it, like thinking about it, mm-hmm. now is the time where they're like, you know what, I'm out. I need, mm-hmm. I need to be out. Um, and what I would tell women, cause I represent both women and men in divorce proceedings, what I would tell them is to just, you know, be sure some States have a required statutory period of separation. So for example, you have to be separated for six months mm-hmm. in order to even start thinking about a divorce. Right. Um, then I tell my clients to make sure that if this is really what you want to do, and you know that property division is going to be an issue because we have some divorces where it's a simple divorce. Mm-hmm. They rent, they have nothing together, um, and we divorce them and that's it. Right. More complicated cases come into place where one of the other spouse is asking for alimony, for example. Mm-hmm. So then the court looks at how many years you've been married, what is the income of the parties, et cetera. And then the other issue is the property division, right? So you're married all these years, some people, and you've acquired assets, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some people say, oh, but the house is only under my name. And then I ask the question that they don't like to hear, but did you acquire it during the marriage? Mm. Uh, even if you didn't acquire it during the marriage, um, did she cook for you and do your laundry? She's entitled to half of that house. How about that? Right. Um, and so even though her name is not on the house, right? Even right. though her name is not on the mortgage. And so we fight those little intricacies of, of the divorce process. But 
what I would tell women um, or anyone planning to get a divorce is to find your marriage certificate, make sure you have an original or certified copy of your marriage certificate and start looking at your finances, right? They'll come to me for consultations and I'll say, okay, I need your monthly expenses. You would be surprised how many people don't know what their monthly expenses are. Wow. And we literally will have to go through how much is your mortgage? What do you pay in utilities? But wait, what do you pay for dog food? What do you pay for childcare? How about health insurance or COBRA? Wait, do you have hobbies? How much do you pay on your hobbies? Do you save for vacation? How much do you save a month for vacation? So things that you wouldn't even think about are wow. considered monthly expenses. So I think I, I spent a lot of time um, helping people to gather that together. And then you'll have clients who are so organized and will have like their Excel sheet with all their stuff and everything they've said. <laughs> and then you'll have other clients that come in with like a shoebox of shoebox of receipts and then we're going through those. So I think if you could be as organized as possible, what I find is that it becomes difficult because it's also an emotional period, right? Mm-hmm. In someone's life, depending upon who is asking for the divorce and depending on the circumstances surrounding the divorce. Right. Um, and so I try to be as passionate and empathetic as possible, but I'm very like, boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. This is what I need. And, and there'll be times where sometimes clients are crying and stuff and I'm like, okay, let's get it out. Let's yeah. get it out. And sometimes, and sometimes I may even cry with them, but my job is not to be their therapist, although I'm their therapist a lot. I should just get a, a master's. In yeah. Um, my job is to fight to get them what they're entitled to under the law. Yeah. Um, I, I get a lot of people who are fearful of the other spouse not because they're abusive, just because they may be intimidating mm-hmm. and I am there and I become their voice. Yeah. And I have told, and I have told clients, I'm going to shake you. You have to get, you have to stand up to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, not physically, just, you can't accept no for an answer just because he says, no, I'm not giving you half of the house. You're legally entitled to half of the house. Right. And, and I've had to say sometimes, just let me do So they'll say, I don't want anything. He cheated on me. I just want out. I just want out. And they have all these marital assets. And I'm like, just let, just let me do this real quick. (laughs) You're you're not walking away with nothing. Um, And then at the end of the day, right, they're happy and, and that they're able to move on with their life. It's funny, Lisa, because I always try to keep track and the couple that I divorced who were married the longest amount of time, they were married for 48 years. 48 years. Oh my God. And she she came to me and she was like, Tabitha, he's stressing me out. Like we haven't been really together for like 10, 15 years. And she realized she had some liver issues and she's like, you know what? I'm older. I'm sick. I just wanted to be happy. And so we divorced her after 48 years. I got everything, you know, she was entitled to. And she's like now in a high rise and she's by herself and she's so happy. Right. So, so think about it, right? Do you have to stay in a marriage an extra 10, 15, 20 years if you're not happy? Yeah. Life is short. And so I I have the privilege of guiding people through this process and, and helping them come out on the other side. Yeah. Um, Yes. And I want to share that. That was one of the things you said to me. You're, you believe me. And, and, you know, as I was all upset, angry and all these emotions, you know, at the time I was like, I don't believe her, <laughs> you know, um, but you're so right. 
because when you go through it and you want to be happy, I've never been so happy in my life. And you're mm -hmm. absolutely right because that was one of the first things you said to me and um, I'll, I won't forget that. And it, it is true going through that. So I, I appreciate that. But I think you answered so many of my questions already. <laughs> I, I, and I'm really appreciative and it's very empowering. Some of the things that you said for those who want to build their own business, that they can do it with kids, no kids, or, you know, it's that's overcoming that fear and then just uh, wrapping it up with uh, the divorce proceedings and life is short. And, uh, you know, to know that you are somebody who has some empathy is very important. I can't imagine how difficult that can be. But, you know, you know, you have to be a lawyer and you have to see. And I've been told that lawyers are different. They can see the business aspect of it and the emotional emotional aspect of it. And that's not something that a lot of people can do. You know, you, I mean, with you, I think you have a little bit more of empathy for people. And yet you're like, okay, let's get this going. We want to get things for you. And I really appreciate that. And I'm so glad that you are like that, Tabitha. Oh, um, very appreciative. Um, so uh, with that being all said, and I know that I, you've said so many amazing advice, given so much advice for women, regardless if it's divorce, opening your own business, what's one piece of advice um, that you would give a woman regardless if it's opening her own business or anything else that you wish was given to you when you were going through your journey and we're still going through our journey, but you wish was given to you earlier in life um, that of course you now know. Yes. Yes. So I want to say two things. First, um, people always ask me, how do you do it? Right. How did you um, raise your son while in law school and then open your own business? And I always tell people, and this is not a plug for anybody, but I always say, I, I kept thinking, just be like Nike and just do it. Be like Nike and just do it. Just do it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> like, don't make excuses. Don't just do it. Right. Um, so I kind of live by that. Like, I, I'm just going to do it. I know I'm fearful. There could be a million excuses that I make. I'm just going to do it. And the second one that I used a lot in law school, and then even when I was having some issues, you know, running my business, is the quote, this too shall pass, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're struggling, you're in a rut, because mm -hmm. I, I still get in a rut now a lot right? Mm -hmm. It's hard taking yourself out of that rut. And that's why I said, you know, physical and mental health are very important for you to sustain yourself and be strong to have a successful business. Um, but then I say this too shall pass. And you know what? It always does. And, yeah. it's, and, and it's always coming out on the other side. And, and it's always okay at the end of the day. It's just while you're in it at that moment, right. um, you're thinking, oh, this is horrible, you know, everything's falling apart. But guess what? This you shall pass. That is excellent, excellent advice. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so where can people find you? Um, I know that you have, like you said, you have offices in New Jersey, Delaware, and Pennsylvania, but are you on any social media platforms? Absolutely. It would be amazing if you guys would follow us on Instagram at The Castro Firm. We're also on Facebook 
at The Castro Firm, and our website is www.thecastrofirm.com. Um, we put, we try to put a lot of information on our social media. Uh, we do once a week hashtag Did You Knows. Um, with regard to everything that's going on now, we try to put as much information out there. We play, there's a bunch of videos on there. On our website, um, I had a blog, and there's a lot of blog posts on there about divorce, about starting your own businesses. We do personal injury and workers' compensation. I have an immigration attorney that works wow. for us, so we do immigration as well. Um, so there's a lot of information on our website and on our social media posts. So hopefully you guys can follow us. Yeah, and I'll put all of that, all your links on our episode notes on the podcast site so uh, everyone can click on it and get to you. So thank you, Tabitha. My God, <laughs> I really appreciate this. I really, I did I did not know all of the things that you've done Mm -hmm. and I am really happy uh, of how far you've come. And I, I'm kind of speechless. There's just so much information I've learned about you, even though we've known each other. (laughs) It's like, wow. So I want to thank you so much for coming and on the show. Um, You know, of course I already see you posting on IG and, and seeing all the accomplishments that you're doing which is awesome because you don't see a lot of attorneys doing that on instagram so that is pretty amazing and as a latina you are an inspiration to other latinas and to all women and that yes you can do it you're absolutely right mm-hmm. so thank you thank you thank you so much lisa for having me on your show you of course made me feel so comfortable and it was a lot of fun oh i'm so glad is a bonus. Oh, thank you. And thank you everyone for listening. Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Spotify. Leave your feedback and comments and thanks everyone. Bye.